Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Garage Gym Experiment podcast. My name is Adam, and I am joined by a whole slew of guests, a host of guests, a, co- a compilation of guests. They're all here <laughs> with me uh, for a very special episode. This is the first home gym roundtable. We brought together some garage and basement gym experts to talk home gym. Here's how it's going to work. We have six topics. I'll introduce a subject or question and pass it off to the group where they're going to share their opinion and discuss among one another. Before we get started, let's get a quick intro to who we have with us. So uh, for each of you, why don't you tell me uh, how long you've had a home gym and something about yourself. So I'll start it off with a quick intro and then I'll pass it off to you. So first (laughs) up, we have the creator of the Garage Gym Lab and equipment reviewer, content creator, and inventor of the Preacher Pad. Adam Hensley. Adam, what's going on, man? Hello there. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Sweet. Hey, <laughs> Thanks for uh, asking. Just... I'm doing I'm doing good. <laughs> oh, I'm happy to hear it. Start. Yeah. Great start. Well, yeah, you know what? Got to get through that first little awkward piece, and then uh, we'll be off to the races. But um, no, I've had my garage gym since 2016. And uh, something interesting about me, I've got uh, two little kids, as I'm sure some of you guys do as well, and they keep me on my toes and just trying to raise them right in the home gym. Perfect. Yeah, lots of parents on tonight. Cool. Next up, we have probably the most famous basement gym owner. He's an equipment reviewer, content creator, and his name is Brandon Campbell, aka Basement Brandon. Uh, He's also had his hand in a few products that are out in the wild today. Brandon, nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you guys too. So I'm here in the basement live and in charge. I've had a home gym for the past six years, which have included two basements, one garage, unfortunately, but at least I can speak to that. And I think a, a fact about me that I might find a little bit interesting from you guys is the fact that Campbell is actually not my name, really. It's my middle name. My last name is Diamond. Surprisingly enough, putting yourself on YouTube 11 or 12 years ago when I first started wasn't as widely ex- as accepted as it is now. So I tried to kind of fly under the radar a little bit. And unfortunately for me, it's stuck, but that's good. So Brandon Campbell, Brandon Diamond, whatever you want to call me, I've been called worse. Nice to meet everybody. Nice to have you. All nice. right. Next up, the next reviewer, content creator, and garage gif- uh, garage lifter we have is Curtis Stadsbold. <laughs> he competes as a strongman. He's a combat veteran and a bomb technician, DIY enthusiast, and he's pumping out content on YouTube. He goes by Kurt Locker on his social media, and he's here to share in the conversations with us. Curtis, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, I've had a, so I've been in the garage gym for, again, about six years. So it's 2015 or so. So I guess coming on seven. And uh, interesting fact is I retire in three years, and I'm quickly trying to get my master's degree done and uh, figure out what I want to be when I grow up. There it is. Garage gym reviewer, obviously. He says yes. When I grow up. (laughs) All right. Next up, best known for his home gym hacks, Matt Pendergraf. He was actually our first guest analyst on the GGE podcast, and we're pumped to have him back. I am Matt. I'm looking at my mic instead of the camera. I have two kids, a wife. I've had a home gym uh, probably about eight years, seven of which have been in this current garage. Uh, one was in a duplex bedroom, and that was by far the worst. But prior to that, I was like, my, my dad always had a gym, so I kind of grew up in that setting. And uh, something about me, my middle name is Donald, like the duck, and I do not tell people that. So. <laughs> well, you just told I have told you now, so <laughs> the internet will probably take it away. Uh, nice Donald, day. man. 
<laughs> nice to have you, Matt. All right. Uh, next up, we have Kyle, a.k.a. Kaizen DIY. Kaizen DIY. Sorry, man. Kaizen. Yep. He's our resident DIY expert, and he's quickly made a name for himself in the home gym scene. Kyle, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, man. Um, so I've had a home gym for about three years now. Um, fun fact is I've been woodworking for about eight years, so I started doing that before this. So once I started building a home gym, it sort of just made sense to put the two together. Awesome. And we love your stuff that you put out. So keep doing it. Thanks. Last up, we have Jake, and that's the founder of Garage Gym Experiment. Jake, tell us something people don't know about you. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I, I've had my uh, A-home gym since about 2015. And I don't think I've ever told, I don't, Adam, I don't even think you know this, but in 2015, 2016, I did have another garage gym account that desperately failed or I just didn't go through. And it is so bad. Um, it's, it's called, called... Wor workout cave. Go ahead give that a follow. It's, it's still out there. I just checked. It still exists. I, yeah. And I just thought about, I, w I didn't really know what I was going to say on this intro. And for some reason that came to me. So a good one. I like it. Cave. Workout cave. Yeah. I look back, I look back at some of my early name oh. ideas and I just cringe. It's a, I even bought the domains to some of them and I, I still have them. And it's like, do you want to, <laughs> do you, do you want to renew your domain of garage gym friend what else you got don't leave us hanging oh yeah what are garage some gym of the other oh garage gym partner uh <laughs> <laughs> there were so, there were so many stupid ones you just bought garage all of them buddy <laughs> yeah bought them all bought them all you never That's know smart. you never know yeah, you know, you're going to sell them one day. Someone's going to have like this niche. They need that name. You're going to be, like, <laughs> you, have, you have the next garage gym dating site already <laughs> secured. Dude, yes. So garage gym mate. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. There's the introduction, guys. So there's seven of them on the round table. I'm just going to be introducing the, um, the conversations and passing it off. And for this first one, geez, I don't know who I'm going to give it to first, but yay or nay. To 35 pound plates huh i know how two of you feel so why don't i give this to uh mr kaizen diy what do you think about 35 pound plates dude i don't understand why everybody hates 35 so bad um weight is weight man like i i feel like uh <laughs> Like maybe it's a math thing. Like, I don't know. I put 45s on, I put 35s on, I put 25s on. It's like a in sequential <laughs> order. I don't have a problem with it. So I'd be curious to hear what the other side of this argument is because I just don't get why everybody hates 35 so much. Well, we got Mr. Brandon Diamond holding <laughs> up a 35 pound plate. Why don't we let him take it next? You guys all know how I stand on this. 35s are great. There's nothing more American than a 35 pound plate. Any argument anyone has against 35s, like they don't make sense, you can just use a 25 and a 10, or they're not the right diameter, that argument and those arguments can be dismissed and proven <laughs> false. You could go, why don't everyone use 55-pound plates instead of 45s, you know? So why I got, a, I got a question for you on that, though. So it's American, right? So uh, the loadable, like, end cap style circus dumbbells in the sport of strongman, can they fit a 35-pound plate? The answer is no. So for the seven people that that impacts, it yes. does not matter. <laughs> additionally, <laughs> additionally, like I said, so I just wrote a blog post. Again, that was not just, so I, I posted it to my stories. Duffin reposted it. Kabuki reposted it. And then Duffin messaged me 
said, thank you for writing it. And then the next day posted it again, but it wasn't a repost. Like he went and found it and posted it. So you buy the 45s and then you're like, oh, wait, I need to figure out how to get from 135 to 225. And again, the, the 35 pound plate is just the big companies are trying to get your money by getting you to waste steel, waste resources, and also waste a storage pin on your rack on a plate that serves no purpose other than uh, to piss people off. Now, I do have two accommodations, and that's if you're buying calibrated plates and you compete in the sport of powerlifting or weightlifting, I'll make that accommodation, or it was all that was available either due to your budget or due to what was actually available. Wow, very outside, flexible. Yeah, but outside that, I really don't see it. Think, I, I think for me, and, and I'll let you speak, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, all good. The same, the same argument could be made for... 25 pound plates. Why not just use tens? Why not just use fives? Why not just have on a hundred pound plate and a bunch of fives on top of it? There's, there's arguments to be had and held. I think for convenience, personally speaking for me, numbers that have 35s in them, as far as a loadable bar, 205 is something that I use all the time, you know, from there, 475, something I use all the time. Maybe you don't lift that much, Curtis. I don't know. You know, oh. no shots, <laughs> no shots taken. Um, but it's just for me, it's it's something that's easily done and it's a convenience thing. Are they necessary? No, but is half the stuff that most of us on this panel have necessary? No. Good point. Exactly. People can live without 35s, whatever, but I don't see why we're actively trying to shun 35s in this conversation. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. There's not many people that are pro 35s, but there are a lot of people that are anti 35s. Right. So yeah, I think yeah. that's a good point. Well, I think we all can remember yeah. during 2020 when we're trying to purchase equipment and there's just no plates available. And remember for every 35 pound plate that you bought, <laughs> there was steel for a 10 and for a 25. <laughs> and those molds were not able to be filled with steel all because you wanted a 35-pound plate. <laughs> the one thing I'll say about that is that on the used market, 35s were actually cheaper than 45s and 25s per pound because everybody hates them. Yeah, it's a supply-demand oh. issue. <laughs> it's, yep. a, it's a benefit to buying 35s during the pandemic. But that meets one of my accommodations, though. So availability due to either your budget or due to what's available. So sure. if that's what you have, then I'm not going to hate on someone for having the weights. Um, I just, I specifically remember uh, Black Friday, 2019, and I never owned a 35 pound plate up to this point. I messaged my coach because Rogue had the, uh, the old gray hammer tone deep dish plates. And I was like, Hey, 35 pound plates, like, should I get them? And he was like, Oh yeah, I love 35 pound plates. They're amazing. And uh, for two years, they sat taking up a storage pin on my rack and I never I used them like deliberately when I was like, oh, that's right. It's 205. I forgot. I have a 35 pound plate. Let me throw that on real quick. And then I sold them. And uh, the guy I sold them to never uses them either. Yeah. The, the only reason, the only time that I'll use a 35 is if I'm using the Squat Max MD just because it's got a smaller diameter and it's a little bit easier to load out of that vertical pin. Uh, but I sort of am on the, the current train here. I don't use 35s primarily because I don't like to do the extra math. For me, 35 pound addition is just a little bit more difficult. And also, unless you're buying non-calibrated iron plates, the yellow really just clashes with my scheme and I just don't like the way they look. <laughs> <laughs>
says says the man with the neon green everywhere talking hey, about hey, clashing hey. colors come on now hey yeah and i would i would pile on to adams by saying i don't when i'm when i'm using a barbell i typically don't use a 35 um but when i'm using the reverse hyper i always start off with 35s two 35s or i have two 35s sitting on the plate loaded lat tower at all times so I'd say yay for those reasons. And I, and or maybe I just, just one pair. I just, seen, I just need to respond back to, to that little uh, attack by, by Brandon there. You know, the, the blue and the green in Garage Gym Lab perfectly match a 25 and a 45-pound plate, hence the cohesive scheme. The yellow just throws it all off. And a red, for that matter. You won't see many 55-pound plates on my gym there. All right, let's hear it, Pendergrass. Nice. I love 35s so much. My man. If I yes. if I were a plate, I would see myself marrying a 35 pound plate <laughs> because I love them. So actually, honestly, I really don't care. Um, I'm not against 35s and I'm not for them. I had 35s. I don't use them unless I make a point to use them. But most of the time I don't only because I didn't grow up with 35s. My dad had the odd sets where he had the 33s and the 44s. So I don't know. Once we swapped over to the regular, I just, I don't know. It's, it's always 45 to 25 and then tens and fives. So I, I've got nothing for or against them. They're kind of like my hundreds. I had them and they're nice and, and it makes me feel good, but I, I just don't use them. All right. Well, let me uh, summarize that for the listeners. We have one passionate yes with Mr. <laughs> Basement Brandon, two very strong no's with um, Mr. Hensley and Mr. Kurt Locker. Uh, but one of those no's was for color clashing. So, you know, take that how it is. Holy and counts. the rest of the panel just pretty much stays neutral. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm I'm a oh, strong sorry. yes. Strong I'm yes. A very, I'm okay. a strong Check yes. I'm a, two, weak two, yay. Uh, I'm a weak yay. I just say You're yay. neutral. You're neutral. <laughs> so I take neutrals as a win for me because, like I said, it's not about – there's not a lot of pro 35 people. I I think I've been thrust in that limelight just because I try to show su- support to the anti-35 people. So – I think a neutral is a win for me because it's one of those things. There's lots of gym equipment out there, weights included, that some people just don't find a use for, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't exist and aren't still practical for others of us. Yeah, and let's not forget that Kyle did make that extremely dramatic emo 35-pound Instagram reel where it rolled like all (laughs) through the town and finally found its way in its bumper plate tray. (laughs) Right, yeah. So you finally found a use for it. Exactly. Oh. You should have made it to Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, let's take it to our next discussion topic. And this one might get a little lengthy. Uh, we'll see how it goes. You have $3,000 to buy a home gym and you'll use it for the rest of your life. What are you going to go with? Um, let's start this one off with Pendagraph. Are you wanting specific brands or just in generality, like which piece of equipment I'd get? Specifics if you have them, but you know, take it how you want. Uh, I mean, I, I would obviously, Power Rack would have to be the number one. I'd want a, a good solid Power Rack and a good bench. So whatever way I could get that, get the most for my money without going cheap, I guess you could say. I'd stay away from certain brands. They're not going to name any, but there are certain brands I, I would like to get, just couldn't afford them if I'm staying within a 35 pound or 30, 30, 3,000 room. I'd probably cheap out on a bar, get some cheap plates. I don't know. I mean, the power, the power rack would have to be where I'd invest most of the money, that and the bench, because I feel like those are the, 
the, the things that provide the most peace of mind when you're doing anything. So uh, I definitely wouldn't cheap out on the wreck, <laughs> nor would I cheap out on the bench that was holding me and the weight up. I, uh, I broke it down pretty well, went all the way up to the 3000 budget. So let me, let me give you specifics. I'll give you a little bit of reasoning why I went with certain things. So number one, rep AB 3000 bench, pretty versatile, good for the price, will last forever. Uh, Bells of Steel Utility Bar at $199, or I should say the Rep AB3000 was $299. Bells of Steel Utility Bar, good all overall bar. I went with the Rogue Y2 Yoke um, as well with shipping $675. I'm thinking if, since I have, I can't add to it ever again. That's a good reason to buy a power rack to begin with because it's so versatile and you can grow it over time. So if I can't do that, I'm going to go with the yoke Titan wall mounted pull-up bar, $75. I'm a bumper plate guy. So I will go 370 pounds of rep black bumpers, 740 rogue SR one speed rope for 30. I have four stall mats for 212, And then I will go with new bells. And that adds up to $2,976. So I have $24 left. I don't know what I'm going to get with that $24, though. Well, so you're going to pick this all up in your truck. Shipping, Jake. <laughs> oh, I, I did take shipping into account. All of them were free shipping. Yeah. yeah, and then the Rogue order I yeah, added. Just drive over there. Yeah, or I can drive over there. Maybe <laughs> just $24 saying, a gas. $24 a gas. Yeah, yeah. You only live a little bit further than I do from Rogue, and I don't live very far from Rogue. Well, that actually opens it up about $100. So you can get another set of, uh, you get a 35 pound set of bumper plates. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm going with. I'd like to change my answer to his. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't break out more. the uh, I didn't break out my Excel spreadsheet on this one. I didn't I know did. how much thoughts to put into that one. So was... <laughs> I did a couple hours ago, if that helps. I, I think that most of us would agree that you know there's a I call it the core four: a rack, a bench, a bar, and some plates. So if you can start there, you can pretty much build the foundation for for a home gym that will last you a lifetime. Uh, for me personally, I'd probably spend around a thousand dollars on a power rack, probably 350 or so on a bar, a nice multi-purpose bar, maybe the Ohio, or Ohio bar or California bar from American barbell, um, a decent set of plates, and then probably a nice adjustable bench. 5,200 is sort of my go-to at this point. And then some adjustable dumbbells of some kind, whether that's, I don't know what my remaining budget is at that point, but Maybe it's loadable handles. Maybe it's a 50-pound Nuabel, just something to to get that. And then maybe add some micro gains if I got a smaller uh, increment to get up there a little bit higher. Yeah, I'm, I'm more Jake on this one just because uh, the yoke, I think, is a lot more versatile. Now, the power rack is a lot safer, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of heavy lifts. But like Jake said, if you're, if you're not able to build off of the rack over time, if it's $3,000 in this doomsday of a hypothetical situation <laughs> uh a yoke's a really good way to go i trained on the bartos yoke which is basically uh the welded version of the y2 and it's really not that bad plus it has the plate storage right on it uh one of the nice parts though with that is that i would save the money on the bumpers and just go steals but in my sport that's something we can do uh and then uh power bar so i, I wouldn't cheap out on a bar 
I feel like getting a, a quality bar. That doesn't mean rogue though. Uh, for instance, right now I'm, I'm daily driving with the bear, uh, bear steel power bar, the iron, I can't remember the name of it, uh, but their power bar, their purpose-built one. And I'm pretty impressed, especially for the cost. So there's a lot of power bars out there, but Bells of Steel with their Bare Naked series, awesome bar, plus free shipping. So you don't have to worry about that. There's a lot of good options out there. I don't really have a plan for 3000 though. It, I don't think a bench would be in the cards at all. Uh, if I had to only spend 3000 I'd rather buy a log or make a log. Does an axe count? If I buy an axe, can I just make as many logs as I can make with that axe? I that had that same count. question. Oh, I yeah. had that same question too. Sure, we count. know you did, Kyle. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have another log literally sitting right there, ready to get made. So I can just keep making logs. I'll just do a floor press in, in, in lieu of bench press. I don't compete just, in powerlifting. I don't plan on competing in powerlifting. And so for me, it's not so much just, of a... You guys just buy some trees and <laughs> just buy a plot of land and a chainsaw, and we'll take care of the rest. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I don't really think through this question at all because uh, I just figured it would be yoke, steel plates, good power bar, uh, probably make an axle, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go. I think for me, <clears throat> being more of a dedicated person, training for powerlifting. It makes it pretty simple, right? The, the basics are there, rack, bar, weights, and a bench. I think if I had to get specific, I'd probably tend to, and I don't want to think you guys to think that necessarily my loyalties lie more with Rogue, but I think for, for me, just if I'm looking to get like a single thing, I usually find that they're the best bet because of their price, which some may consider high, but I think for the quality, you do get some decent quality overall. And usually the consistency is pretty much there. And if it's not there, their customer service usually is pretty good you know in this covid world world we live in we've all experienced kind of everyone kind of dropping a little bit there but i think i'd get something simple like an r3 rack so it's like a two by three rack i don't really care about attachments necessarily um 24 inches deep is fine that's all i need that's what she said um but then for a bar ohio power bar right if we're gonna know from that company at least ohio power bar solid bar around 300 bucks for black zinc or even you could find a stainless one in the bone boneyard for a little bit more than that. For plates, for me, I would probably spend the most money on plates. So probably over $2 a pound. I'd look for machined plates. Calibrated plates are nice, especially if you compete in powerlifting. But to be honest, they're kind of a pain in the ass to handle a lot of times. I like that thicker lip. So uh, it could be a rogue machined plate. It could be one from the Strength Co. Bells of Steel has some um, machined ones that are, are decently priced. So there's some options out there. And then for a bench and stuff, which is the only thing really left to get, I think I'd actually probably look at something like the Rep FB 5000, right? It's, it's super cheap, even though it's raised like $30, $40 in the past couple of years, it's still super cheap and affordable for what you get. And it's solid. And I would never really use an incline for my training. I, I never put my benches in incline now. So save some money there. And I think I actually come in pretty well under budget, even going with Rogue, who's so expensive. So that's what I do. And you could buy stuff for your truck with the difference that's right as long, <laughs> as long as it's color matched to my gym right and my sweatshirt apparently too so anyone else want to chime in on this uh yeah so i'll say that i'm i'm pretty much in line with what everybody's been saying the power rack the bar the plates and the bench are very important uh i'd say i'll take adam's answer and instead of spending the entire three grand on those four items 
I'd spend two grand on those four items and then, you know, the last grand on like woodworking tools and then build my own stuff. Awesome. Well, let's take it to the next question. Um, this one is maybe one that you talk about a lot. It is what's the best purchase you've made for your home gym and then the worst. So what do you think, Adam, you want to take this one? Uh, sure. Um, my best purchase is definitely my rack, my Sornex rack, just because it's branded the garage gym lab and it's super cool and big. And, um, it has all my colors and a bunch of sexy attachments. And, you know, part of my, you know, coming out, I guess at garage gym lab was my first big splurge purchase. And, um, you know, something that I'm proud of to walk out in the gym and use every day. Um, as far as worst purchase I've ever made, I don't, you know, I have a really hard time answering this question because I have a pretty good idea going into something before I spend money on it, if it's going to be good or bad. So nothing really sticks out to me in terms of something that I totally regret. Um, I guess if I had to regret anything that I've bought, it would be building a platform. I think we actually talked about this when we did the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And it just made it very inefficient in the gym, trying to get the bench over it, having to pick stuff up. It just wasn't really working out in my space. And getting rid of that opened up a lot more floor space to have a lot more room for activities and was just a much more enjoyable situation. So if I had to pick anything, it'd probably be a platform. Maybe that's a kind of a cop-out because it's not a specific product from a manufacturer or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's how I'd probably answer yeah. that one. I mean, Adam... I feel really bad for you. Having to pick stuff up in your gym is an inconvenience. <laughs> isn't, that the, <laughs> isn't that the point? <laughs> but I, I feel you there. So I, I, that's not my worst, but I definitely initially, when I first built my first home gym, right, I built like an Olympic size platform that fit my rack and all that. And it was just overkill. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that we do that I find is just a learning experience, right? You don't know until you know. And I think that's why a lot of us have found this niche in this like gym equipment space is because it's not something that for the most part you can go to a store get your hands on get an idea of so I think people look for our content oftentimes to come up with their own ideas or talk to someone who's done it so they get a, a feel for what it is um, that being said though my best and worst I would say is probably the same thing and that's like the first real barbell that I got it was a rogue west side gen one bar it's the first purchase I made before anything of, of else in my gym came in and I've been going to the gym for a long time, right? All through high school, college, after college. So I probably had like 15 years in commercial style gyms, but nothing, anything that I would say is like a, a private facility where you get like high-end equipment. It was all like your generic plates, your generic bars. And, you know, when I got that first bar in and I actually said like, this is a nice barbell, it kind of like changed my world for the better knowing like, Hey, there's some really nice stuff out there, but also the worst, because now I'm sitting in this basement where I have to lie to my wife about how much everything costs because <laughs> it's become somewhat of a little bit of an addiction. So best and worst. And if I had to name something that was really worse, it would be the Titan reverse hyper just because it just took up so much space. And I made a video on it and everyone's like, Oh, why didn't you look at the specs? And for something like that, which literally eats up the same amount of space as like a, a four post rack, I don't think you can wrap your mind around it until it's in your space. And in that case, it was just a glorified drink and cell phone holder. So it's solid answers. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to copy Adam a little, little bit. So my best is my surplus strength arc rack. Uh, and I know that it's still new, but it's pretty damn nice. Uh, my worst, 
I keep on like thinking about stuff. I'm like looking around right now and I've gotten rid of most of the stuff I hate. A couple of years ago, I was trying to get into circus dumbbell training and I didn't want to pony up the 300 bucks for a Texas power concepts, like a really nice one or for a Bartos one. Uh, and so I saw the Titan one and I bought it. And I think that that would probably be the only real regret that I have uh, because basically the very first time that I cleaned it and pressed it and I came back down and I put it down nicely. And then I stepped back and I looked at it and the bells literally just bent. Mm. And I wasn't even that much. It was only like a hundred pounds. So they just bent and it was ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, that was probably the worst one ever. Uh, ever since then, I have a really hard time trusting. So Titan has really gotten nice with some of their stuff. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff that I'm actually interested in. Uh, I just, I don't trust the, uh, the strong man implements quite yet. I just want to say, Curtis, your, your rack is really cool. The, the welded nuts on the, uh, the surplus racks is a really cool and unique feature. Oh, absolutely. The, the nuts and the nubs. Can't forget about. <laughs> so the, the assembly process was amazing. One, because Jason came and did it for me. Uh, but two, like it was, it went together so easily. And like he said on your guys, uh, on the podcast, when he was on, nobody's really designed a rack with installation in mind. And Jason basically did the whole thing by himself. He had a couple of his crew here, uh, but they were just like handing him screws the whole time. Yeah, that is, that is a really cool feature, especially if you've had to put together a rack where you have those bolts on the top or like, a like the rogue version, for example, where the, the bolts are like inserted almost and you have to really get yep. in there with wrenches. So it, it's a struggle bus for sure. So that is a really cool feature I'd like to see on some other stuff. Um, all right, I can go next. I picked up my rogue loadable DB15 and the dumbbell bumper plates. <laughs> to me, those were easily, not easily. I would also say the deadlift platform. That's what I usually say, but I had a feeling people were going to say that. But those are just, they're so clunky and I have really, I bought them for content and um, I can't promote them. Like they're just, they're hard to use They're And they're not cheap. Like if you order a few different pairs of dumbbell bumpers, plus the loadable dumbbells, you're, you're over a thousand dollars. So that is my worst. I would say easily go with adjustable dumbbells over over those loadable dumbbells. I, and I would say that the Titan ones um, aren't great either, but they're at least cheap. So I would say get the Titan ones if you really need to get them. Um, best purchase. Uh, I think that's a hard one too. Like Brandon said, kind of like as you're like growing your gym, as you're buying a barbell, buying a rack, you're like, oh, that was the best one. Oh, that was the best purchase. And then like when, you, when you're kind of settled, and you look back, I think the biggest, the, the thing that had the biggest impact and something that I've always said I waited too long to do was get decent flooring. So I had concrete, I was lifting on concrete or carpets or just like yoga mats, not, or like the, the rolled things you put under the bikes. So when I started and I put like, I got like four horse stall mats that made the biggest difference. I added four more horse stall mats when I was able to buy them. And that made the biggest difference again and eventually mm -hmm. filled it up. And it was just like a whole new gym. So I think that would be my best purchase. Finally ponying up and getting horse stall mats. Well, I think you bring up a really interesting point. It's the thing that I struggle with a lot too, with when I talk to people is 
obviously we're at that point now where a lot of us have collected a lot of equipment over the years. And then people ask, you know, which one's the best, like, which is the best bar. And to me, there's never a clear answer because it, it, it's not black and white. It's really gray because there's a lot of things that go into it. What are your preferences? What are your costs? What are you looking to use it for? Stuff like that. So one of the things that I've been trying to do, at least when I talk to people about stuff, is just say, hey, here's what I like about it. But here's some things that you might not like. And here's some other options as well. Just because, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. And then when you get new stuff, too, that always seems to be, oh, no, this is the best. Oh, no, wait, this is the best. So there's, there's no clear cut answer for people looking for what is technically the best anything i think it's also difficult. there's no way to try before you buy necessarily like you see something you think you might like it you have to pull the trigger and purchase that and then see if you like it and then if not figure out what the hell you're going to do with it i've i've done that a ton in the last year and a half i've been building my home gym uh, since just about a year before covid and during covid i did a lot of buying and selling in the used market and through that process I really had a chance to try everything I was ever interested in. And I had a, a marketplace that was willing to buy everything that I didn't want. Um, so it was really a really good time to sort of like test the waters on just about everything in my gym. And I filled it up with a ton of stuff and I slowly sort of dwindled it down to what it is currently. So through that experience, I'd say my favorite purchase was the, I got a functional trainer. Um, it's just Inspire Fitness from Costco. It's not like super amazing or anything, but I got a really good deal on it and it does a really good job. So like, that's my favorite purchase. And then I have a sort of tied for least favorite purchase was um, I got a uh, body solid has the subsidiary power line that I got a, like a calf raise machine from them. That was pretty, uh, wasn't the necessarily the best build quality. So I, I got rid of that bit pretty quick, but my second, uh, regret was not getting, uh, like consistent flooring throughout my gym. And Jake's been to my gym recently. I still don't have good flooring in my gym and it just sucks. And I'm so regretful for not just like when I first moved into this house, I should have just bought stall mats for the entire basement and called it a day. Um, but at this point, like I'm going to move in six months. So I don't want to switch out the flooring now. So I've just got to deal with it. But yeah, flooring is so so important and like we don't think about it it's not something that really like bothers you until you have inconsistent flooring and you're tripping on it that would be that's going to be my first purchase in my new house when I rebuild my gym and you know what what sucks about um gym flooring is if you go to like Walmart or if you do a Google search or Amazon search about gym flooring and you don't know what you're doing, you're most likely going to pick some puzzle mats or something yep. that's Home terrible. Yeah. It's so yeah. sad. It's like, yeah, it's setting people up for failure right yeah. away. Yeah. You do highlight yeah, feel- something though. That's one of the advantages to moving a whole bunch uh, is you learn those mistakes in each gym and I'm in 4.0. So each time I go, like the flooring thing was a thing I had in my first gym, mm-hmm. uh, like the difference between Texas and here was the leveled platform. But yeah, each time you go, you make, make a mistake, make your biggest regret for that gym, learn from it, press and do it right in the next one. Yeah. I think, I think Curtis and I kind of shared the same thing with moving Adam. You didn't do this, but it's a great reason to sell all your gym stuff so you can buy all new stuff. So it's a good catalyst. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, I would think that I would say that flooring in general is probably the most underrated aspect of of a home gym because if you don't get it right, you're in a heap of trouble because then you've got to move all your equipment. Yes, you got to move in general and just start over when you do or or you know what have you. But you know if you set your flooring up right the first time, it it really sets the tone for the gym and that something that you can build on literally. Hey Matt, what do you think? Thanks so much. Uh, inconsistent flooring. <laughs> I was wondering about that. What do you, what do you mean? Do you have like different height stall mats, like kind of so, going on, or you got a mix between stall and, and puzzle? Uh, so all of my flooring is flooring that I got for free while I was like gathering equipment in 2020. So literally on this side, it's puzzle mats, foam. Right here, I have a free platform that I got um, in a you know buying somebody's gym I got a free platform on that side it's a different set of puzzle mats that don't match this side Um, (laughs) I've got some I've got some stall mats uh, in my cardio area and then I ran out of flooring and so the rest of the basement is concrete it's horrible it's so ugly man yeah what are you going to go with when you move Uh, honestly so I watched your video on flooring. I, I really respect the flooring that you used. Uh, I'm probably going to go to the stall mats just because I have a, a tractor supply store that's pretty close to me. And like your recommendation, just make sure you buy enough for the space you're going to fill. Um, so I'll just do it all in one fell swoop. That's sort of like, I could do it now and piece it together and make it better. But like, I think my next basement might be a little bit bigger. So I don't want to screw myself over and like not have enough and then get different stall mats for the rest. So yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the interesting things about tractor supply store though, too, is every time you go back, they might have different types of mats, right? They're <laughs> right. still like, they're still the normal size, but sometimes they have the button bottom, which I think are the best button bottom one side flat on the other side. Sometimes they're just grooved. Sometimes they have that like steel pattern plate. Sometimes they're completely right. flat on both sides. So yeah, load up. What, I hate that right. steel what, pattern. What's it like taking those down into a basement? Do they still smell for a while? It so, sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those hard. things like, cause I get that question a lot, right? Like I got stall mats. How do I keep, how do I get the smell gone? And to be honest, it doesn't bother me. I probably have about like 30 to 40 stall mats down here which either says that my personal opinion is it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard for some people it's excruciating. They can't handle it. Other people, it doesn't really bother. That's what I feel like is the same for like that rubbery smell. Like, you know, it's just something that bothers some people and then maybe others it it doesn't, but it also could just be that like I have brain damage from inhaling all these things (laughs) for so long that it just doesn't bother me at this point. So I'm not sure which one it is. I was going to say, I don't, I I don't know if you build up a tolerance to it or if there's like varying degrees of, of the, the rubber, like the odor that comes from them. Cause my first batch of stall mats, it was unbearable in here. Second batch, which was even more than the first batch. I didn't even notice a smell at all when I put them in here. So, but I, I kind of went through a different cleaning process the second time because I didn't want to experience what I experienced the first time. I don't know if that helped or not, but that, uh, that's either exact, that or maybe just build up a tolerance. <laughs> I was, I was just going to ask that are some batches worse than others because <sighs> That's a common DM that I'll get is like, how do I get the smell out? And I'm like, it's really not, to me, it's really not that bad, but maybe I just haven't had one I of those terrible is, batches. There are yeah. some that are worse than others though. I did uh, 
so one of the other nice parts about my job is like, oftentimes I get to build out facility gyms, uh, which is a nice opportunity for me to like buy things that I think are cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I did a, it had to have been a 40 foot wide by hundred foot long space for the schoolhouse that I was running down in Texas. And we brought the stall mats in and what I had to, what I had us do is we took all the stall mats off, turned them upside down, uh, chemical power wash, air dry for like a week, flip them, chemical wash, power dry, or air dry. And then we brought them all in and installed them. And it did smell a little bit, uh, but it really wasn't all that bad. But th that batch, when it showed up, because they dropped it off in the space that was going to be the gym, it was noxious. Like it, it actually like took me back. And I'm pretty sure I have a pretty high tolerance to this stuff as well. Yeah, the but, worst is yeah. always the, the drive home initially, right? When you're in that tight little cramped oh, with yeah. all those stall mats. But <laughs> I, I think part of that too, so my basement's about a thousand square feet, so it airs out some too. But I, I do think that over time it dissipates them. I haven't cleaned them or done anything like that. Uh, but but I, I still kind of lay back on it's more, certain people just have less tolerance to the smell for sure. Cool. All right, let's take it to our next question. All right, the next one that we have for you guys is <clears throat> the best item that you have for your home gym that's not gym equipment. I know for some of you, that might be a repeat. You've already said it. Um, but if you haven't, let's share it. Um, Curtis, you want to take this one? Yeah, so being in a garage and then also being a strongman competitor, uh, a leaf blower is easily, and not just any leaf blower, the, the cobalt from Lowe's, the 80-volt ridiculousness. Uh, that can launch a beer can like a hundred feet, <laughs> not exaggerating. Uh, so yeah, that leaf blower, especially out here in the garage, especially since uh, me and my wife, we do a lot of our own DIY stuff in the house as well. So we're constantly using the saws, there's sawdust in here, trying to get rocks off the street so that I can not die when I'm carrying a 800 pound yoke. Those are nice things to have. And a leaf blower provides that. Man, it's, it's January in here and somehow I'm still getting fall leaves they're just they just keep rolling in here in the corners too i yeah i have no idea how it's happening i, get I need to get a wire garage. i need to get a wireless one i've got a wired one and Ooh. uh terrible yeah I, I i gotta upgrade i gotta get a wireless one for sure actually that should have been my one of my worst home gym purchases of all time the was a wired one a wired one yeah yeah and get a get a cordless one it's, it's game changer just wired yeah. stuff in general. I just got a wireless vacuum for my gym. Oh my God. It's so amazing. That's like, <laughs> I highly recommend it. I would say mine is a, uh, is wall control organization. I'm a big fan of just keeping the space nice and tidy. I'm always out in the gym cleaning and getting organized. Yeah. Your, your French cleat system is amazing, Kurt. It's like oh, yeah. really unique. And of course, Kyle loves it just the, the DIY stuff of it, but yeah, it's really cool. But, uh, you know, the wall control is a, is a great system. It's relatively affordable. I think several of you guys have it. Um, so I'm speaking to the choir here, but it's been, uh, it's been a game changer for me added, I think 50 additional square foot of, you know, usable space in my gym, <laughs> um, which I surrounded my water heater, uh, when I did mine and, uh, it was, Man, I just can't speak highly enough of organization in general, but specifically wall control. So I'll go. I have uh, two. And the reason I have two is because the first ones I don't think are very reasonable thing for most people. And they're not going to be in the same situation. That is 
we actually had a deeper foundation poured for this basement when we're building this house. So the house that we're in is new. It's about a year and a half old. And as part of that, we spent money on a bigger foundation. So we have nine foot ceilings in the basement. And if you train in the basement, you know, overhead spaces at a premium. So that was definitely probably one of the best investments and purchases technically I made for this gym. That's not specifically gym related, but obviously if you're already in a house, chances are you're not going to be having a deeper foundation. So I'd say the other thing for me is just a, uh, it's actually a really good sound system. Like I can train in the silence. That's fine. I like the noise that iron plates makes and all that, but there's something about cranking the music up and just kind of losing yourself a little bit in training, which I really enjoy. Unfortunately, these days, though, my training just happens to coincide with my two kids either napping or playing or my wife being home and I'm not allowed to blast my music just yet. So when they're both in school full time <laughs> and the wife goes back to work full time, I will be a happy, happy man in my basement. Nice. I'm with you there. Um, <laughs> for me, uh, I know it's kind of a predictable answer, but I would say my favorite non-gym purchase would be my miter saw. I've got a really nice sliding miter saw. And with it, I can be very detailed about what I built because I have a, a, a fine machine like that. So um, I'm able to do a lot with it. And uh, I really couldn't do what I do without it. I have I have two as well. Um, kind of counter Brandon's. I, I really like I'm typically working out when people are either sleeping or um, my wife's on a work call inside or so I like having good uh, Bluetooth headphones. So I have Beats and then also ESC Sounds. Um, those are both really solid options. And then my second option I have, the, this is really my number one is just it's gym equipment, but it's not really for me. We have rings hanging on the ceiling and my six-year-old daughter uses them constantly so um it's a that's the only reason she'll ever come in here really um she's really confused about the rest of it yeah she'll come in and just like swing for like an hour and just hang out and it's just really cool to have my daughter in here and she's actually like you can really tell that her athleticism is improving because she's constantly doing that so gym equipment but other reasons. I think for me and mine is kind of actually, I don't even think I answered the last question. So I may throw that in there too. Um, being an, an influencer, I guess you could say, or someone that's filming in the garage, uh, soft boxes, lighting for the garage without them, my footage looks like crap. So not really, you know, it's, it's not really gym related, but for me, it is a hundred percent gym related because of what I try to accomplish out here pictures anything like that without the good lighting hitting it like i want it to everything pretty much looks like crap oh let me but let me interrupt you real quick man if you don't mind do it i think that's i think that's a big one you bring up i want you to and i started thinking about it after after i started talking and i think lighting in general is huge for anybody right you know a lot of people equate at least basements with being dark and dungy but even garages typically only have like a single overhead light and maybe like a garage opener light in there and i think having nice bright lighting number one wakes you up but also just yep. increases the ambiance if you will regardless if you're an influencer like yourself uh, um, but it also it's also you think about an influencer it, <laughs> you influence me buddy uh, but you can get, <laughs> it's also probably one of the cheapest things people get right everyone uses those cheap amazon leds you can get for like 30 to 50 bucks and it makes a tremendous difference in any gym in any space and I think that's definitely probably something that a lot of people underlook the importance of. So good call, Matt. Yeah, for sure. When you yeah. said when you said the um, the garage door opener, I actually that's what I use for the longest before I put some decent lights in here, and uh, I, I just stayed sad a lot. 
She's so sad. So that's why you look like you have John in all your videos. It's just just a sad man. I don't know. No, but uh, going back to the other question, best purchase, I meant I should have jumped it. Obviously, for me, it's the wreck. And then more so, the lever arms. I love the lever arms. Worst purchase. (laughs) I know you all saw it. uh, Coop's most recent reel, or one of his most recent ones, where he was uh, pounding on the rotating pull-up bar with a hammer. Bam, bam. I've got it too. I knew exactly. I spent about an hour doing the same, hitting a different spot, but it was the same thing. And I went through about four of them. By far my worst. And to this day, I have one. It it does not even work properly. It's still uh, one side is is lower about three quarters to an inch. It's called muscle confusion. It's confusing (laughs) me. It's confusing something. But it's one of those that it costs so much. And I had to go through four of them to get one that actually worked semi-decent. And Rogue had to get involved. Like I had someone, like one of the higher-ups actually call me and was like, I'm going to walk it through every step of the process because you've had so many issues. And they sent me a complete, fully assembled one wrapped up in a box. I don't know if y'all saw that. Uh, It was terrible. But anyways, I installed it and it was still off. And by then I was like, I'm done with it. I'm just going to keep it, whatever. Because they ended up giving me a little bit of a discount too. Were, were you documenting that online? Is that why you think I that was, reached yeah. out or was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I was documenting. Yeah. Um, it was kind of, it was like the worst. Let me go back. It, it annoyed me first off. Because like I said, it costs so much and I was excited about it. And then I got it in and I was quickly disappointed because it didn't work. And I spent hours trying to make it work before i reached out to rogue yeah no, I, remember, I remember when you were going through that because i remember some of them you were like so they literally had some guy checking this for me and sent it to me said it would work still didn't work and i was just like man i feel for yeah. you he, he called me he was a nice guy he was plot twist matt's left arm is two inches shorter than it should be <laughs> something shorter <laughs> it's not something i like to talk about <laughs> <laughs> fun fact about me <laughs> next week's podcast just to go back to the um uh non-gem related purchase that is great to have and it's something that i've actually not had in the past but it's something i'm going to have in my new space and that's a high lift side mount garage door opener mm. so a lot of people struggle with ceiling height in their garages I've been fortunate enough to have like pretty high ceilings in my garages. Like in my space right now, I think I've got 13 foot ceilings. And even under my garage wheel, I've got, I think around 90, 98 inches of clearance. But in my old house, I had less than 90 inches. So I was actually very limited in what I could put under those rails. And then you've got the actual drive that's like right in the middle of your room. That's also competing for overhead space. So to have that high lift and also off to the side, can completely open up your floor plate and accommodate a lot more equipment. So I don't think it's that expensive. I think you can get them for like three or four, maybe $500. And whether you did, whether or not you'd install it yourself or not could determine another probably four or 500, but even all in, you're looking at maybe a thousand dollars, have somebody come out and professionally install it. And depending on how much equipment you have could really make a meaningful difference. And you're talking about the high lift as well, where the door actually goes yeah. up flush with the ceiling. So I've seen yeah, exactly. that uh, uh, surplus strength owner has that in his garage gym. And when he was here, he was like, you need to get this. So he's yep. definitely on the same page as you with that. Yeah. So in the new space, I'm going to have, uh, I think, 15 foot ceilings. And the garage rail is literally like 14 feet, nine, like nine inches. Like it's so close okay. to the ceiling height that it's like 
virtually a non-issue at that point. Yeah, you can see it behind me where like with the with the opener right there and the mm-hmm. rails, like the skier is pretty much the tallest thing I can get there. So unless I wanted to go like 80 inch rack, it's it's pretty limited in that area. I think that wraps it up for um, best non-equipment home gym. Um, did I say that right? Best <laughs> thing that's not a piece of equipment sure. in your home gym. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We get it. We get it. <laughs> We're going to take it to the next one. In five years' time, who will be the most popular equipment supplier for home gym strength? Uh, Brandon, you want to start this one off? <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to give it the redundant answer of I still think Rogue is. I know there's a lot of people out there, and it's it's interesting to me in the space where a lot of people are actually like they're anti 35s. There's a lot of anti rogue people out there as well. I think overall though, again, as I mentioned in one of my earlier answers, I think they still offer the best or some of the best quality to price ratio out there. Yes, they can be more expensive than other brands. Like if you're looking at Walmart or even some of the other brands that have popped up recently, but I think you're getting a higher quality product for the most part. And for me personally, made in USA is something that's important to me. And I think in the times we're in are going to continue to get more important to a lot of other people as well, especially as those tariffs and steel prices and import fees go up as well. And the price difference isn't as big as it used to be for some of the other brands out there. And I think they just do a, a sheer crap ton amount of volume, right? Especially now that they're starting to diversify what they do initially coming off as like a CrossFit brand and then getting really into powerlifting and strongman stuff now too. I just think that they're so massive where unfortunately for some people, I don't think they'll ever be dethroned, but the space is also getting much bigger where there's plenty of room for everyone to play. So right for me. I think I agree with that. And uh, mostly to do with uh, the diversity that Rogue offers, because it's, you know, do you want to do grip training? They've got Iron Mind. They got some of the best grip training. Do you want to do Strongman? They've got Steve Slater basically on staff. Uh, helping design their bags. Do you want to do weightlifting? They have the Pyros bar, uh, not to mention that. Uh, so the tariff thing with import fees getting higher and kind of the gap closing on the difference between uh, an import versus American made. Uh, but also Rogue has the closeout section, which is a gold mine for a lot of people, especially if you're trying to get into something that's, you know, maybe a really expensive bar. Like one example would be the 28 mil weightlifting bar for 195 bucks that I'm pretty sure is a bare steel pyros bar. Uh, that's an amazing deal when you actually go and think about it. So I, I I'm on the same page as you. I think rogue is still going to be King in five years, uh, not to discount other brands out there. There's going to be some other big brands as well, but rogue will still be King. I agree. I'm, I'm with both of you guys. They've been the <clears throat> dominant player for years they're a marketing machine they have the most brand awareness by far and to your point curtis their catalog is so expansive and the fact that they do a lot of third-party wholesale and retail that some other companies don't really participate in like rep rep is mainly selling their own stuff with a little bit of concept and things like that here on here and there but rogues catalog is so big and their reach is so out there that I just it's hard to bet against rogue in the near term or possibly even the long term so i'm gonna be contrarian here um i totally agree with you guys i think that rogue has a great lead right now in the marketplace um but i think rep has at least a good chance of coming in 
a very close second, maybe even tied with Rogue in five years. The reason that I think that is that Rep is in there listening to the community. They're in the home gym subreddit. They're in the Facebook groups. They're, they're listening and responding in real time. And I think that that's really important because they're listening and understanding what the people are saying and, and listening to the feedback. And then they're able to, to make changes and respond a lot quicker. So I think that that has helped them get to where they are <clears throat> currently, like number two, number three. And over the next five years, if they continue to work on that strategy, I think that they can bridge the gap between them and Rogue. Yeah, I think, yeah that's I think a great point. Yeah, and I agree. And they're, they're putting a lot of focus on it. And that's their goal, right? Their goal isn't to be like the the number two person. Their goal, and the, I think the owners come out and said it, they want to compete directly with Rogue. And, and I think that's very bold of them. And they, they take a lot of things. I think for me personally, and, and I love rep, uh, I got a the dumbbells right here behind me. I think the main issue though is, is being an importer of goods. And I think rep may attest to this. They might not be in a publicly stated statement, but the problem is it's like guerrilla warfare over there in terms of loyalty to people. You could be a company and go overseas and you can do all the R and D you come up with the design of something. And those companies you use to produce that and manufacture overseas will go around and let someone else come and just slap their logo on it and resell it. So I think that's going to eat into them. But but I do agree that I think they're going to continue to grow tremendously. But I think even five years might not be enough to to pace the the juggernaut that is rogue at this point. But those are some real good points. Yeah, yeah, I I would say, I mean, I would I'd love to see the numbers of everybody. But I think the gap between rogue and rep right now is larger than we know. Just because Rogue has so, I mean, they're outfitting outfitting facilities. They have a full line of cardio. They're selling, like Adam mentioned, they're selling third party stuff. Like I, I think the numbers are quite a bit different right now. I also agree with Kyle. Like I don't, and I've said this on the podcast I before. I don't think Rogue's in the weeds like Rep is. So I say I would say like in five years they're not going to. They're gonna not gonna be selling more than Rogue, but they might. the The gap will be closer than what it is today, but the gap's so large right now, and I do think um, Brandon's right with with the American made, um, just making a good amount in America. It's easier, and I don't think we've seen this recently, but it should be easier to innovate um, and test and bring things to market. Um, I don't know, like, I don't know if, if they're doing that right now, but I can see Rogue executing better here in the near future. So, yeah, I, I think that's a really good point too, right? Because again, with the overseas part of it, the amount of time it takes for someone to develop and then ship and then get that you're committing like to containers worth of equipment in some cases after seeing like a prototype or a one-off, and then you're committing to maybe hundreds or thousands of units. And then when they show up at your door, what do you do with them? You're going to sell them as is. And I don't want to call out any companies specifically by name, but I know that's been a fact of people where they get in equipment that's been subpar, not up to the standard that they were led to believe it would be. And they have to sell it because they have to sell it. They're not going to ship it back overseas. So that's a great point. Would anybody think a different number two, like anybody other than those two right now? Spoil our last question, Jake. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking like, yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You want to get to the last one? Yeah, I think I think so. All right. Well, unfortunately, this will be the last question. All right. So what company not named Rogue, Rep, or Titan 
has the best opportunity to be number one in five years. Not saying that they will, because we all, I mean, we just heard your guys' takes. Rose going to be on top. Um, Kyle uh, with a rep in there as well. Um, anyone else out there? So are we saying uh, number one? Or are we saying like big, big impact? Let, let's, let's say big impact because we, we know how you guys feel about that number one spot. So Jake, you want to start? Uh, sure. Uh, this is tough because like we, we talked uh, or we said that there doesn't seem to be a clear forerunner other, other than Rogan rep. I'm going to say, and this is kind of a shot in the dark, just thinking that this company had a really good last few years. They're not necessarily ingrained in a lot of the content we do, and they're not, it doesn't seem like they're really in the community too much, but True Grit, if they can take what they did over the last few years by selling the most dumbbells and kettlebells being in the big stores like Walmart, Target, and uh, Best Buy, um, which is crazy. I think if they can kind of take that and ex- I think they would be the the company that I would think of that has the best chance of kind of merging, adding some sort of tech into it. Um, that's the, like, I feel like they kind of have a, a growth mindset. They have their minds on expanding their products into the tech. And if a specific tech product hits, then I think that would be the opportunity to surpass them. So do you, do you think that, do you think that tech is kind of going to be what makes the next biggest? So outside of those top three is the implementation of tech for you going to be what kind of differentiates the one of the bigger ones from the others? Yeah, I think, if somebody's able to really integrate tech into strength training, not necessarily technology in the barbells, but it like take juggernaut AI to the next level. So where you don't have to, you don't have to go to your phone every in between each set and, and plug that in. If, if somebody's able to do that, the first person I think is going to have a really, really good chance of being, the winner in the home gym strength category. So I just got to make a Chad Wesley Smith robot that just stands over me. <laughs> yeah. And, and says that that is not three reps in reserve. That was only five <laughs> reps in reserve. Do two more reps. Right. No, that's a good point. I'm always very uh, skeptical of uh, tech. And uh, I actually just talked to my wife about this earlier. Actually, yesterday, uh, she was watching a video and there was like this really fancy looking piece of technological gym equipment for, so for what you said, the tech in the barbell and uh, part of the reason I'm a little bit adverse or like, I'm not willing to really get down on something like that is I've seen the rate at which technology evolves and it, it makes me apprehensive to make an investment in tech in the gym, even if it is going to be another company. I know that the question isn't tech in the gym, but, uh, for that reason, I, I can't necessarily agree with tech in the gym being what's going to make me think who's going to be biggest in five years. That's not those three companies. Uh, so I'm trying to look at like people and I, I'm going to play off a little bit of what Brandon said and I uh, go with the made in USA. And I, I know that I have a surplus strength rack, but I, I really think that Jason Campbell is going to bring the heat in the next five years. Uh, something to remember with surplus strength is Jason is literally filling every single order 
by himself for the most part. So he's bringing his wife on staff. I know he's bringing some other things on staff. I'm not privy to the details, but I would imagine that we're going to see a lot from surplus strength within the next five years. I'm personally really excited for, for surplus. Uh, Jason's a great guy and he's got some really nice products, but what you just said is sort of the reason why I don't think that that would be a contender for a big push, at least at that level that we're kind of talking about, like obviously not rogue, but even like some of the mid tier, I think you've got to have an established infrastructure and massive catalog to have any effort or any chance to compete at that sort of rogue level. So looking at a company like Fringe Sport, like they've got a massive catalog. They're not as big of a name, obviously, but that catalog could play a, a hand in it. You look at a company like Elite FTS, massive catalog, huge third-party resale, a very established infrastructure with a pretty big brand and a, you know Dave Tate's obviously a big personality behind it. They could, I could see them making a push. Um, I would love for someone like Surplus to to make a big push, and I think that Jason will absolutely increase that catalog and bring some really innovative stuff. And I can't wait to see it. Um, but I just I see some of, some of those more established companies, at least in the next five years, sort of pushing the envelope a little bit faster and maybe more. I think he has a really good business ahead of him, but to get to that level, um, that would be tough. And I think you're kind of answering what Brandon said, like, are we answering who's the, who's going to be at the top or who's going to make the biggest impact or who's going to make the biggest splash? I think surplus strength definitely has a chance to do that though. I think I got an answer. Shout uh, out. Two answers. Me. I will start a company and it will be the best. <laughs> Gold's Fox Gym. Ticking. They used to make, oh no, Gold's Gym used to make some fantastic stuff. Whether they I still do, I don't, I don't know. I'm joking. Totally kidding. Uh, no, no. I think there's a lot of these companies that are fabricating things. A lot of these small companies, we see them on Instagram. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. So I think any number of those guys could potentially become something. So that's all I was going to say. I don't like robots in my gym. I will say that. So tech, I'm out. I've seen Terminator yeah. way too I mean, many times. Every time I say that to somebody, that's what they say. But it, yep. that's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking something smooth. You don't even realize it's really there. And I don't think in five years it will be here yet. I feel but, like what you're thinking is like, so if we if we combine, uh, combine rather not combine, velocity-based training, video tracking, programming, that I feel like that's where you're going with it. And, and you can see it on a screen on the, on your TV and it'll say do 90 pounds next set. Yeah. That was a good idea. Some was, of that technology exists. Perched. Yeah. I, but, um, I, but bringing it together and making it something that's affordable, uh, not going to go out of date in six months and then, you know, actually get something that's effective at training. So like Juggernaut AI, incredibly effective at training. Uh, also, I'll, I'll add to that, that it shouldn't be proprietary, that it should be something that everybody is able to use. So it's universal. So you don't have to have a rogue bar with rogue plates. Um, you get a, like a smart rogue bar that works with any number of manufacturers that has the plates with the same sort of like smart chip in it. So they, they read each other when you stack the plates on there. And then all of that is just, you know, goes into an app. So it doesn't matter what 
what brand you're using, they all sort of work together. I think that's the only way it's going to work. Otherwise, if if it's got to be, if it's got to be, you know, you have to have this certain brand in order to work. It's it's not going to be adopted. I mean, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the only, pro- I mean, that would be nice in an ideal world, but I don't think anyone's going to take the time to spend the R and D to come up with it to say, all right, now everyone's kind of like it's open source. Right. You can go and use it. So, I mean, you could yeah. get into licensing yeah. and stuff like that, but I think it gets tricky. So I think if something were like that were to happen, it would have to be like a, I'm just gonna throw out the name Peloton because I think up until now that's been like the all inclusive experience. And that's one of the reasons why it's sold so well, but to Jake's point, I think it, it would have to be something that's, better than that and all encompassing at first with probably just a proprietary brand that eventually would be spread out and others would kind of try to duplicate that yeah i agree one brand to start and it eventually evolves yeah so i'll give my answer to this question and uh, i'm surprised nobody said this yet and i'm a little biased i'll admit but i i think that the brand that's going to do well maybe not be number one number two number three but number four and i know adam agrees with me because you know it. Because I mean, it's really about the strategy of Abmat. Abmat is willing to work with anybody, um, and not necessarily competing with everybody, but making things that accompany your power rack, accompany your bars. It goes along. It's sort of like figuring out how to how to fix a problem that you have or service a need that you have, and I think that strategy is what has brought Abmat to where it is today and will continue to propel Abmat into the future. It's um it's really funny you say that because I have a shit ton of Abmat stuff from Abmat and just until recently the only thing I didn't have was an actual Abmat. So like I'm sitting on their box <laughs> yeah. box now, I have their crash pads over there, I have the barbell pillows, I have the half ring pull down sleeve. I have every, they have a lot of cool stuff. I think people just associate the name Abmat with Abmats, but there is a lot of stuff that they have to offer in there. Right. Like you said, they collaborate with a lot of people. They're open and willing to try stuff, which is also really cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're another one of those companies that listens to people and you know tries to figure out how to how to fix the problems that they have, or you know get feedback, tweak a product, and make it even better. So I think that that is a really good strategy moving forward, and I think it's it's going to take Abmat through the roof. I think that's a really good pick, and they've had. And very impressive growth, even over the last year. Their direct e-commerce has grown significantly. And then, of course, they do all the wholesale to the rogues and et cetera. Um, right. They even, yeah, so that, you know, that's going to be another huge, you know, aspect of their business going forward. And plus, now that they're doing... Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, plus it's all made in America. So the the whole like rogue versus rep thing, not made in America, Abmat's got that to their advantage. Yeah. And, you know, you look back six months ago, Abmat really wasn't doing all that much in terms of marketing. Now they're on podcasts like this one with Jake and Adam, and they're getting their name out and they're really sort of showing the world, hey, we're here to solve problems. Bring us, bring us problems and let's create a solution. Right. That's going to appeal to the the greater masses. So I think that's a really good pick. Yeah, they're they're in the we, the weeds, just like we said. Rep has been over the last five years, and I think that's going to pay off. And they're they're helping people. Like Adam wouldn't probably wouldn't have had anybody to go to with this preacher pad idea, or it would have been a lot more difficult to probably negotiate a deal. 
Um, so they're like, they're willing to help out. I mean, I would say we're normal folks, you know, we're not <laughs> necessarily right. producing products, uh, left and right. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's another benefit that they have going. And I would also just like, think that I would also say that they've improved with their marketing substantially, like you said, over the last couple of years and they know who their target audience is. So I, I don't see them going anywhere either. Maybe not number one, two, three, or four, but they're definitely going to have an impact over the next five, 10 years. Yeah, for sure. And then before we... I'll go. I haven't gone yet. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll talk. No, that's fine. I, I've been I was going to give the stats. I've, I've been interjecting a lot. Um, but so my pick, I'm going to say this is more someone I think has a lot of potential in the next five years. And it's not someone who makes something in America, but it's also not somebody that makes something overseas. So it's... Irwin Fitness Supply out of Canada. Oh, mm. nice. nice. I think one. they've been around for like a year and a half. And I think it's, they're too new, at least to my knowledge that I could say, yeah, they're definitely going to be there in five years. But from what they've been putting out, I think it has a ton of potential. A lot of, you know, three by three steel stuff, one inch holes. They're building everything in-house, which I think is unique for Canada. A lot of the other Canadian companies that are bigger. Well, I, I shouldn't say that Oak Club does manufacture out of Canada as well. I think that they're more of a specialty type company though. They do offer like products, but it's a very selected few products like rack J hooks, Campbell handles. Um, but you the other one dog. being the biggest one, <laughs> the biggest one probably being like, like bells of steel. Right. And I think bells of steel is going to do great in five years also, but the problem with bells of steel, and there's a huge, I don't want to say untapped market in Canada, but people in Canada are like hungry for good equipment. They don't have access to a lot of stuff. They don't want to pay the import fees to bring stuff from the United States or wherever else. But even in Canada, it's more expensive to buy bells of steel, which is based in Canada than it is for someone in the States to buy bells of steel. And they also don't have like your typical three by three type power racks. They use like 2.3 inch by 2.3 inch. Although side note, they are building a custom three by three, one inch hole rack for Calgary barbell. Uh, but Urban Fitness Supply back on track. They're building everything in-house. It all looks heavy duty. It all looks super beefy. They teased some jammer arms yesterday or today, and I hate jammer arms, but they're different. They're unique. They're built in Canada, and I think it's not only going to be great for the Canadians out there, but also potentially trickle down here to the United States because they also have some great things like some J-Hook roller cups and stuff like that. So that's my potential pick, I'll say. Nice. Good call. That's a yeah, really good a call. Good I forgot about the up north guys. My bad. It didn't really think about international at all. <laughs> you look at uh, the European markets and things, and obviously ATX is huge. ATX, yeah. I, I can't count how many DMs I have to them be like, when are you come to the United States? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they'll bring their turtle pad to the United States. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was I was just gonna say uh the, we did this we asked the community in five years who do you think will be the biggest in a multiple choice question and just so everybody knows the results were and um we discussed this last month or earlier this month but rogue had 56 percent of the votes rep 21 percent amazon slash walmart 13% and then other only brings only brought in 9% of the votes. So that other category right now is pretty small. I'm going to have to 
Hard to disagree with that Amazon one too. What I found from <laughs> buying things on Amazon, don't, no offense to Amazon, I use Amazon all the time, uh, is if I need something that's like specialty or something that is a really good product of a X niche, Amazon is usually not a good place to go look. Uh, usually if it's like you want to get into something or you need like, a, I can't even think of a good example right yeah. now, but well, uh, coffee, coffee bags, like well, Amazon's yeah. great, but for barbells, I uh, think, yeah, I think the, the idea behind that, and this was, this was also kind of an idea that I, I saw from people responding to this in an Instagram post. A lot of people said like, Amazon's going to buy rep or Amazon's going to buy rogue. So I think that's kind of the idea behind people choosing Amazon or Walmart. They buy sales on Amazon, don't they? Am I wrong there? Doesn't rep like sell on Amazon? I know they used to at least because I bought it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know like others. Go ahead, Brandon. I was just going to say, I know like the strength co has their plates on Amazon, but it's cheaper to buy from strength co than it is amazon so i think some people just throw them up there just because a lot of people like the convenience of it that amazon offers on their gotcha. policies uh but to curtis's point most of the actual equipment is pretty junky but that doesn't mean it won't sell right because not everyone is yeah. as an enthusiast like we are on this panel so <laughs> well that's what that's what i meant but when i said like when people search flooring for their home gym they're probably on amazon puzzle mats pop up and like oh this yep. is what i should get cable attachments those it's are the sad worst. world uh-huh. mm-hmm. cap oh <laughs> cap hulk fit i think synergy sells on amazon too <laughs> yes synergy yeah, so that, yeah yeah so that to, to matt's point it's like some of those others could also be within the amazon and walmart just because of somebody else's experience of buying synergy on amazon when technically right. there could also be in the other category. Mm-hmm. Right. But Amazon gets a cut. So, I mean, it could be considered Amazon sale. I'm kind of with you, man. I think like whenever somebody starts building a home gym, they don't necessarily know where to go, but they do Amazon for all their other shopping or Walmart for their other shopping. So they'd be like, yeah, let me just see what's available on Amazon and then, you know, search Amazon for weight plates or power rack or whatever. And that, that could potentially be wherever they make their first purchase. Well, obviously their first stop should be YouTube. Yes. They probably aren't going to be watching this video. You guys ready to wrap this thing up? Sure. Yeah. Man, it's been fun. There it is, guys. That wraps it up. Our first ever home gym roundtable. I want to thank all our guests. We got Brandon, Matt, Adam, Kyle, and Curtis. Thanks for spending your evening with us. It was a blast. I hope you had fun. Uh, I was the first listener, and I had a great time. Uh, we'll add all your contact info to the show notes. Um, anybody have anything to say before we sign off? One last chance. Thank thanks you. for organizing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, this is awesome. Guys. Good yep. time. Yep. All right. Well, thank you to the listeners. Do you enjoy the show? If you did, give us a review. Reach out in the comments if you want to hear more stuff like this. Uh, Jake, do you have anything for the people? Nope. Nope. We're done with you guys. All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs> thank Bye, you. guys. See you guys. Right. See ya. See ya.